Welcome everybody to Bobby Talks, dot, dot, dot. Those dots are there to tell you that there's always more to the story. And today's story is, well, love as a concept. What an interesting idea that is, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting here with the third son out of Detroit, Michigan, uh, currently hailing in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, sir. Third, how you doing, man? I am doing great. This is a really dope setup. Uh, this is a first for me, but I'm super excited to get this thing going. So, man, I, I'm me. I, well. I'm I'm glad you're super excited. I'm super excited that you're here. Uh, I've been very blessed that you were willing to drive down here in your hybrid Jeep, which just you showed up like <laughs> all types of swag. I, I felt uh, really inferior right away. Um, my although I am driving a Caddy, my Caddy's 2010. Yours, what year's your ride, man? It's a 2021. Mm. All right, nice, very good, very good. Um, where you work then? So I work at a uh, I work at Stellantis. Used to be called Fiat Chrysler. Okay. They merged with a French company, Peugeot. Now they're called Stellantis. But I work at a manufacturing plant in Detroit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they're they're cool. With you riding around in a uh, in a Jeep? Yeah. So it's it's I got a I'm a, it's a company car. So it's like a job per kind of thing. But I work at JNAP. That's what that's like the common name. That's like what it used to be called. Now it's called Dak J. But most people know like the OG name is JNAP. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Jefferson cool. North Assembly Plant. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I. Uh, so that's. Uh, is that in Detroit? Yep, in Detroit, right on. Uh, like between Mac and Jefferson. Okay. Yep. Nice. So, did, were you guys open during COVID? We were, but we weren't really producing anything like that. And then you know, once COVID started to like you know started to fade away a little bit, we started producing more cars. But now the Delta variant yeah, is the Delta bringing it. Variant its- and like. Like, you know, automotive's been hit pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford's got hit, GM's got hit, and now our plant finally got hit. Our plant is now shut down. Really? Yeah, and, like, JNAP, like, never shuts down. <laughs> that's So that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> Man, so how long you been working there, then? I've been, so I used to intern there two years ago, but I started working there full-time in February this year. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, hey, hey you know what? We're sitting here right now with a third son, and I... I just wanted to kind of set you up the way that we do on the show here. Sure. Uh, Bobby talks dot 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 three dots are there for a reason. We tell you that there's always more to the story. Um, the interesting thing, I'm sitting here across from the third son. He's a singer songwriter, producer, rapper. Um, he is a currently well, actually, he just graduated with his master's from the University of Michigan in environmental science. Yes, sir. A lot of facets to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we even get started? I think we should get started with this real love concept. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I love I love the uh, uh, the uh, the cover art. Thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. I can, we can start there. So um, I shot this was shot in Canton. I was living in Canton at the time. Okay. And the photographer, her name is Antonina Biondo. Um, super, super, really very talented photographer. And this was actually shot in our uh, our spare. I was in a three bedroom apartment with some friends. Okay. And we had a third bedroom that was kind of like a more flexible space. So this was literally shot in that bedroom. Nina, uh, that's her name. We call it. I call her Nina, but she had a uh, black backdrop. Okay. So literally, we had a black backdrop. We had a table. I brought some props. I brought a multimeter, the battery pack, and she brought. She had her own um, like lighting and all that stuff. And that's we shot this literally Dude, in the bedroom. This <laughs> is a great shot. Like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's got. I mean, you're in focus, and everything around you is literally blurred out. But I, yeah. it's yeah. it's not just that. It's not just the foreground was blurred out. It's everything around yeah. it too. And like it was. We, we took a lot of shots, right? So I had to pick which one like spoke to me the most. This one did because, as you see, I'm holding something. That's just as simple. It was like a 1.5 volt battery. Okay. And the light that she had was reflecting off the battery into my eye. Yeah, I saw that. So that's what's that's what's kind of captured there yeah. in your, your left yeah. eye or maybe right eye. I'm not sure. And like I had some I had some pictures where I was looking at the camera or like I was, but this one I was looking down because I was like kind of intrigued. And yeah. I, like, I think 
that kind of speaks to more of the concept. And then this logo here, um, that was made by another friend of mine. Her name is Marina Damaskinos. And I had the idea of how I want it to look like, and then she just did it for me. And then, bam, there's a the cover art. Well, it's beautiful, dude. It's really cool. And I, so let's talk about the idea. So it yeah. took you six years. I'm reading this here on his Instagram, and everybody needs to go follow him on Instagram. The Third Sun Rises. Sir. Is that is that the same pl platform everywhere, TikTok, everything? It's the only way it's not the same, it's Twitter, because Twitter, I can't have, like, there's a certain max you can have for your name. Oh, right. And that S that arises. <laughs> I, can't, I can't put it in Twitter. So on Twitter, I am the third sunrise. Don't you hate it when that happens? I'm like, well, You're I trying to brand know. yourself. All right, just one letter. Come on. <laughs> See, that's how it was when I started the show. I wanted to be Bobby Talks. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just clean, simple. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Bobby Talks, yeah. And people are like, Bobby Talks, dot, dot, dot. That's <laughs> your name. I'm like, dude, uh, the guy was already there before me. Uh, so I just, I, I went on and I grabbed the dots, the ellipsis there. Yeah. Um, Took you six years to make this album. Yeah, so let me explain that. So, like, I've always, I mean, I've always experimented with music, like, you know, ever since I was a child. But when I say six years here, like, when I seriously started, like, producing, when I got my own equipment and, like, really just hunkered down and learned this stuff, that was maybe 2015 um, when I got my first equipment. And then, the, like, before I even started, like, writing and, like, putting lyrics to my own stuff, that was about maybe five years of just, like, Maybe like four, four or five years of just really just producing, strictly producing, like making beats. Helping other people. Kind of. It was more, I did a lot of stuff on my own because like I had to learn. It was, it was like. A uh, trial, a trial period yeah, for you. Trial okay. Period, like learning what I, you know, like this is good. This is not good. You know, I would show like beats to my dad and my friends. My dad is also a producer. And he kind of showed me the realm. So I used machine. That was the hardware I used. Okay. And he had a machine and um, he taught, you know, showed me the ropes a little bit, how to use it. And then. Once he showed me how to use it, the rest was more on me to figure out, okay, what's my sound? Like, what, how do yeah. I, what do I, like, what do I do? What do I even, like, make? You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I mean. Well, does it, do you hit a, I mean, do you, do you hear a, a note and it's like that resonates with you in your brain or it makes you feel a certain way and you're yeah. like, okay, and you start kind of doing that enough times and you find your sound? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So, like, growing up, I listened to a lot of different genres of music. Um, some producers that I was really into at that time when I started was like Sango, um, a lot of like underground trap, Sango, I'm trying to think of some other names here, uh, Mr. Carmack, um, even like, oh, Jay Dilla, he used to listen to a lot of Jay Dilla, um, Pete Rock, really just a whole wide a plethora of producers, yeah. right? So then, you know, I tried to listen to what they were doing and I'd be like, okay, I see the rhythm they're trying to do, so let me see if I can try to do something like that. And then I remember like when I first made, I made this one beat. And it was like, it was like the first beat. I was like, yo, this is actually, <laughs> I'm getting somewhere, right? Right. And then I kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And then I have my own sound. It always feels good when you can vibe yourself, right? Yeah, you're like, you're yeah. sitting there like, okay, I might actually be okay at yeah. this, right? And I was actually, so at that time I was going by LB3. So okay. That's like my initials, right? And I was just producer. I was actually going to release a instrumental project, just instrumentals. Sure. And it was called Haven. Okay. Um, but I didn't drop it because I was kind of going through this weird, like, existential crisis of, like, interesting. do I want to just be a producer or do I want to be an artist and a producer? Do I want to start writing, you know, writing lyrics and stuff to my own thing? Like, can I be in the front and center and, like, be, you know. Be, be comfortable. Be comfortable and be a presence. You know so saying? let's flesh that out for a second. Yeah. Where, where, What was the insecurity with? Was the insecurity with your beats? Is the insecurity with your frontman ability, your writing ability? Like where, you know, to flesh, think, tell me that a little it was bit. A, it was, it was, I think it was a lot of things. Um, 
I think it was a little bit of my writing ability because I was still relatively new. Sure. Um, I think it was also more of like being comfortable where I was, not being in a spotlight because I, do, I struggle with this sometimes, but being in situations where they're kind of out of my control, I don't know how people are going to react. I kind of, sometimes I try to deviate from that. It's art, man. Yeah. You're putting your art out there. And exactly. And I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. To be critiqued. I'm, which was, you know, growing up, I wasn't really, like, if I had to choose whether to, like, do that or not, I'd rather just, like, you know, just chill. Um, but I think, especially when I came to Eastern, I think Eastern was a time when I really, like, really got a lot of more humble confidence and was willing to put myself out there and not necessarily caring what people think, but just, you know, just believing in myself. You know Did you come straight out of high school? Uh, to, to Eastern? Eastern? Yeah. Where'd you go to high school? So I went to high school, uh, Gross Point South High School. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty big school, right? Yeah, it's about, uh, at the time, I think it was about 1,300 okay. kids. I graduated with 70, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a big school. We're, I'm yeah. down here in the country. Nice. nice. Um, you're up in the city. Uh, so you you start to get a little bit more confidence, and you decide that instead of just doing this instrumental haven, yeah. you're going to go down this journey. Now, when, because this says six years, when in that six-year process did you say, okay, I'm going to make this transition to a real love concept, the album? Yeah. So the first song, Retro, that was the first single I did. Love Retro. Because I'm a 90s, or I'm an 80s kid, but like I'm an 80s baby, yeah, 90s yeah, yeah, kid. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. like right there, man, my sweet Perfect. spot. Sweet. So uh, Retro was the first song I released as a single, and it's the first song in the album. Yeah. And um, that I wrote that song in 2018, I believe. Um, and then I released that song in 2019. Oh, wow. On my birthday. Um but yeah, that was like I said. That's a, that's when I started. Now, actually, the song "It's Beautiful." That's the uh, I think that's the second last song on the album. I wrote that was the first song I ever actually ever wrote. Oh, oh, really? And recorded, but I released that was my second single though. But um, that one that was in 2018. I actually remember that I wrote that upstairs um, in my dad's uh, dad's flat upstairs. I made the beat. I remember making the beat, and I just remember writing to it. You know, writing the hook. Whoa. And it just, I made a song. I was like, wow, this is actually, I made a song, you know? <laughs> so I kept that and then, you know, dropped Retro, then I dropped It's Beautiful, and then I Hope came around. And then, you know, I was, I, I wanted to make it like a project. Yeah, right? you, momentum now, and momentum, right? I got the momentum, wanted to make a project. And I made the beat, uh, the instrumental circuitry, right? Okay, so this is what I want to get into. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing I, I failed to mention because I talked about your environmental science yeah, yeah. is that you're an engineering physics major from yes. Eastern Michigan, yes. right? And you graduated from there. Mm -hmm. what, what was that? 2018. 2018. Yeah. So I'm going to read something off for the for the listeners and the viewers at home. Yeah. Uh, this is his Instagram when he introduces a real love concept, the album, the cover art. This is the, the little caption he put with it. He says that uh, the album explores a revolutionary idea of connecting scientific laws from electrical circuits and applying them to our connections with people, ourselves, objects, life, and love itself. This project is very important to myself and as an artist, and I'm very excited to be vulnerable with you all on this new concept. So now that they kind of got that, go yeah. run with it. So the concept started when I was, um, actually, I was trying to write some lyrics to Circuitry, the instrumental. And... I just had, I had an idea in my head about like, okay, um, like of RLC and then an RLC, this is actually a schematic of an RLC circuit and I'll explain what all that means. Okay. And in my, in my quest of writing to circuitry, I ended up figuring out, oh shoot, this concept is like the album. Like this is, 
it encompasses everything, right? And uh, like I presented, like me and my dad have talked, has spent a lot of hours like crafting this uh, concept into fruition. And how it goes down is um, a real love concept is pretty much an acronym for RLC and RLC circuit is this schematic up here and it has four components. Okay. You have, and you see the R, the L, and the C. The R is a resistor. I'm just going to name them first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your L is the inductor. Your C is your capacitor. And then the heart shape, that's the source. That's where your voltage is. That's okay. That's powers the circuit. Okay. Now, the whole this is a concept. So, like, this is, like, not, you know, like, proven or anything like that. Right. It's but a theory. It's a theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it actually, it kind of makes, it really makes sense. And it kind of was really mind-blowing <laughs> when we came about this. So, we'll start with the resistance. So, okay. each of these components has an application. Okay. So, the resistance, right? When you're, in, when you're in a relationship, and it could be platonic or romantic, right? Sometimes if it goes too fast or um, there's not like a, like resistance or anything like that, if it goes too fast, if it's too much passion, if it's too much heat, sometimes the relationship's just going to fall apart. Yeah, it fizzles out. It fizzles it out. Burns it out burns out on itself because there's no way you can maintain that type exactly, of... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here in the circuit, the resistor is supposed to restrict current. And when you have a low resistance, the resistor will literally burn out. Really? So that was like application one. So there's a concept there. Um, the inductance, that is, as you can see, it's, it's like has the coils. Yeah. The inductor is a, um, it's a uh, copper, it's usually, it's a, it's a magnetic, it's a coil of copper wire going around the circle. And what it does is, is that um, it opposes the change um, in a circuit. I think if I remember correctly from my studies, it's the change in flux. So as essentially what it's doing is that when the current is increasing going this way, it actually induces a current going in the opposite direction. Okay. Um, so with that application there is that it's able to essentially alter the current without necessarily touching it. So that for that application there is I can make you feel a certain way. Some people can make you feel, um, you know, can make you feel a certain types of way without necessarily touching it. It could be how they speak, how they dress. Um, it's the it's the nonverbal energy, nonverbal energy, nonverbal communication. You know what I'm saying? You can feel out a vibe or you know I'm not really feeling this person or you may feel scared, you know. You can feel you. You can literally feel like someone's vibe just from you know. We speak. We speak volumes to each other just yeah. the moment we, we we you and I just met yeah, each other, exactly. right? And if I come out like you know like angry or upset, like it, it's going to mess up this whole interview, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's application two. Uh, the third one that's the capacitor. Um, a capacitor, what it does, it stores charge and then discharges it. So you could say it's like a supply tank. Okay. For the circuit. So for there. And use a romantic relationship again. You got to have some place to store, like maybe the memories or to store your appreciation for someone. Sure. And if you don't, if there's no way you can pull that out of, then you're just like that relationship's going to fall apart because you can't hold on to it. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong here. And <laughs> tell me if I am because that sounds like you, your studies, man, way over my <laughs> physical education career. <laughs> but uh, I I can remember back in the day uh, certain smells. Or a, music, a certain song would trigger me because of, uh, and this happens with people all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But like we store connections to those, you know, those those things, those objects, the music or yeah. whatever, and we can Absolutely. pull back from it and it takes us back to a place. Yes. Whether it be good or bad, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's exactly like. I feel you. And then like, <laughs> wow, we're just really tying the whole album together. It's really cool. So let me, I'll get back to that. Sure. We just finished this last component, which is this, this is the source of the circuit. This is the voltage. That's the and usually it's a long it's a longer line and a shorter dash line, right? And that's normally that's where the battery is. So that's what you know what powers the circuit. Now I put the heart over it because 
at the source of all this, at the source of our relationships is like your heart, the literal heart, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. source of emotion, you know, and that is what powers all of this, you know, all of our, you know, emotional, um, it just all that stuff. That was like the source of it all. And normally sometimes in actual like um, electronics, they have, you may sometimes without that heart, it's just like the dash line, those two dashes lines. And they sometimes they swap it out and use a, um, wave line for like ac so i thought it was cool because instead of that i'm putting the heart over the circuit and i painted it red to symbolize that even further and that is a real love concept so all those songs in that album is essentially talking about my appreciation for certain things like it's beautiful i'm talking about like my appreciation for um like nature landscapes um, sunset sunrises um, i hope is talking about um, me wanting to you know wanting our relationship to last and you know fulfill and i hope that we are, you know, hope we can make it and then retro you know it's my love for nostalgia and like you know all those <laughs> fun little things we used to do as kids so all those songs is talking about that so okay this is interesting to me man because i can tell when you started talking about this project first of all like you, you got excited right <laughs> so it's not just that it took you six years to get to this point but it's it's six years of you yeah it's you um, this is a really interesting way of looking at it. You found a way to take your studies, take what you're passionate about there, but also mix it into this other, you know, right le brain, left brain yeah, yeah. and mold it into one. Um, what kind of feedback have you gotten? Um, so far it's been, when did it come out? It came out, Feb the album came yeah. out February 13th, 2021. Yeah. Just dropped not yeah, too long just, ago. Not, yeah. Not too long ago. Still fresh. Overall, it's been really good, really good, um, really good, positive feedback from family and friends. Um, what I've been doing now is just trying to push it out. You know what I'm saying? Promoting, promoting, promoting. In front of more more viewers, yeah, more, more people. more viewers, more people, yep. And then just recently, I just I just dropped my first visual, like a full-length visual for uh, We Out Here. It's one oh. of the songs on the album. It's a lyric video. Yep, I saw the clip yep. on Instagram. I just dropped that. And then I'm working. I have other visuals for this project coming out soon. Okay. So more is on the way. And um, But yeah, this is like, this is my first, honestly, besides those singles, this is my first project, like, full-length album first project and what's crazy is that i mean this was a great project like awesome but i know i'm capable of doing more and like better so so as you did you how much since you're learning along the way mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. how much did you go back and maybe a song or two that was already completed mm -hmm. reopen up that or did you just leave it as like that was a, a timepiece of who you were at that time did you try to improve on it or yeah. did you just move on so Cause that could take, I mean, cause you're yeah. constantly learning, man. Like yeah. that could, you could never finish a project. Yeah. Like I'll give you an example. So like retro, I made that beat. I believe I made that beat in 2016. Going back in time, going yeah, back yeah. in time. Yeah. So, just kind of like I made that beat in 2016. I released a project in 2021. Okay. So there was a time where it was just a beat and it was just in my library just as a beat. And then I like wrote to it and then dropped it in 2019. And then I didn't <laughs> And as an album in 2021. So it's just like, I had a lot of beats, like Intergalactic. I made that in 2018, I believe. Yeah, 2018. And it was just sitting there, right? Just and waiting just for waiting. words like, to come to this thing. I had no idea it was going to be on an album. But yeah. just going through some of these beats, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, no. This so is you're sampling album. it, you're playing it, and you're like, what do I hear? Like, what is it that, mm -hmm. what emotion is it bringing out of me? And then yeah. you kind of go, tell me a little bit about your writing process. So yeah, my, usually my writing process is I start with the beat first, and how the beat makes me feel kind of helps me guide how I write 
what my writing's going to be about. Okay. Um, some and sometimes it may go the other way. Like I may have like a, some bars in my head or like a nice like saying that I might be like, oh, that's really cool. And maybe I'll write a song about it. But most of the time, it's I make the beat first. Okay. And then I write how the beat makes me feel. Yeah, that's challenging, man. <laughs> I uh, I that's really interesting. I got to tell you, I was uh, you know, I I don't know if you knew this or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I maybe when I presented my or introduced myself to you. So I found you on something. It sounds like a dating site, but it's not. It's Matchmaker.fm. It's for podcasters. Do you, yeah. did, did you know that you were on this, or is it something that was just thrown together? Like I can never tell if people are polled on this and they don't even know it. So or? I w- I did. I like I made myself a profile. I knew I was on it. Okay. It hasn't I haven't really been active on it. Like sure to the site. So when you message me on Instagram, that's how I figured out. Oh, yeah. 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 So there's this website. It's called matchmaker.fm. And I have been trying to branch out, as it sounds like you were, yeah. trying to figure out how to get my product in front of more people mm-hmm. um, and just kind of have more interesting guests on the show and just right. go from there. And I came across you and I was like, oh, this guy from Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dove into what you were saying. And then like this whole idea, this real love concept. So, cause I don't think there's enough of this going on in the world right now. Um, this whole idea of us pushing each other to uh, more of a connection, sharing love, uh, you know, why are you so compelled to be a, a positive light in such a negative space? Or do you not view it that way? I think that's, a really, that's, that's actually a really good question. Um, because you were talking about your existential crisis, and I know that was more about your probably your more your insecurities with your craft. Yeah, yeah. But like, was there something deeper there? I think, honestly, like making this project has been like. I think it has really shown me that yo, I actually do. I have something that people can resonate with, and it like growing up, I it was I didn't I never like if you asked me like in high school that hey you're gonna be an artist and you're gonna actually make an album and. You're going to put yourself out there. You're going to be doing shows and all that stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't, be, I, I would be like, what? No, I wouldn't believe that. I used to always be like, kind of like the follower. Um, and like, you know, I would like, you know, I would do like do my own thing and do it well. But like, I just looking back, it just felt like I was more of a follower. And then doing this music, I just think it really has like shown me that, yeah, I can, I can be a voice for some people. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought that like, I don't know. I just felt like I never that I could like write things that people would resonate with or like what I would have to say. But it's I, this idea yeah. of speaking, which is important yeah. for everybody yeah. being heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but then realizing that not only are you being heard, um, people are taking in what you're saying and they're like you said, resonating with it. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully putting that into application in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, just make, I think music, just making music has really like just shown me that, yeah, I do have a gift, and what I'm doing is is good for this world, and I'm I'm just gonna keep doing it because when I you know I love it. It's just you know when you have something that you're super passionate about and you're like you know you're euphoric about it, and it just makes you feel a certain uh, just good positive vibes, and you can it speaks to you. You know, I'd say go for it. You know, and I think honestly, my time at Eastern has really like like I said, there was a lot of like a lot of growth at my time at Eastern. I was also student body vice president. Okay, I was an RA office manager, a lot of roles where I'm put in positions of like leadership. And you're also put in a lot of uncomfortable positions too. Um, That's where growth happens. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That really helped me like just be more comfortable in in uncomfortable situations. So where's that moment in your life where you know, because you're coming from high school, yeah. 
yeah. where you felt like a follower. Yeah. Um, which the world needs followers too. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. got a negative connotation around yeah, it. Yeah, as long yeah. as you're following the right habits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where's that, that moment in your life where you're like, okay, maybe I should put myself in a position to be a student vice president. Yeah. Um, and why? Why do you put yourself in that position? Because you don't have to. Right, no. That's a great question. I don't have to. Um, it's, that's, a, that's a really good question. And honestly... I think what it really started, like when I really started to see, like I guess, a trajectory or a change in my life, was when I I got a uh, I got accepted into this RAU, which is a research experience for undergrads. Okay. And um, it was a uh, pretty much like a research internship, you could say. But I got accepted in Ohio State, and that was the summer of 2016. Watch out now. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Got to be careful what I say around. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but yeah. I got an internship there, was in there for a summer. Um, it was super cool. I met, like, I made some friends through that program. Um, I was in a household of all Spanish speakers. It was awesome. Really? Yeah, they were, most of them were from Puerto Rico. Um, one was from California, and they were, like, really close friends of mine. And, like, after that program was over, later that um, in December, I flew down to Puerto Rico and see them, and that was great. That was really awesome. But, like, after that moment, I don't know, I just... I like that was like a really big first step, especially in my like academic career, right? And then, um, wait, go. no, I was just gonna ask you on top of that. So you guys are all you know bright kids. You're all sitting in this house, living together, um, and you're clearly talking, right? Mm-hmm. You you said they were all Spanish speaking. Did you understand? So they were they were Spanish and English speakers. Okay, but they're, they're like, bilingual. Yeah, yeah, they're bilingual, native Spanish speakers, and I could pick out some words. So sure, I grew, I grew up like taking a lot of Spanish classes in school. But when I go home, I never speak it because no one in my family speaks Spanish. Uh, but I could pick out some words. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to I tried to practice and speak some <laughs> some, uh, some phrases with them, so I know a little phrases here and there. And I think like I think I'm confident enough or comfortable enough if I was placed like randomly in a Spanish speaking country, I think that I could, you could do well. I could get by. I yeah. think. You know, I still maybe might embarrass myself, but it's you know, it's still cool. <laughs> You're definitely gonna embarrass yourself. That's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. That language barrier there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this propelled you to kind of have more confidence. Yeah. Is, is there something to be said that we as people? I, I know it happens for me. My best friend um, is he's you know he's well studied. Um, he's a deep thinker. And I feel like I have to run to the dictionary 10 times a day just to keep up with him. He pushes me to be better. Um, but I always am insecure in any conversation with him sometimes because I feel like, even though I, 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 I'll never show it on the outside, there's something as people that maybe we're insecure in our intelligence yeah. and what we bring to the table yeah. when you know if I'm feeling that way, you know, I know third's feeling that way. And if we could just... Like speak about it. Speak about it. Yeah. Acknowledge it. Be that vulnerable, was, like you say. That was really hard, especially being in a physics program. Like you know, like oh, it's called imposter syndrome, right? That was yeah. That is huge. I have struggled with that like pretty much throughout my whole life. I think we all have to yeah, though, don't all, you think? Yeah. No, it's like everyone. Everyone goes through it. It's like the unspoken like elephant in the room. Hey, but it, I guess by even if you step in a room, right? There is a hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? But nobody knows what it is. Yeah. It might be under, you know, as you kind of, you know, you go through the semester, you kind of can figure out who mm-hmm. the hierarchy, who holds that top spot as far as intelligence level, right? Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean you don't deserve a seat at the table. Yeah. And I think too often, I know I did, I went to uh, Bowling Green State University to get my degree in all this, TV, film, and radio before I ever went back to be a teacher. Right. And I admit that, like, that crippled me because I 
tried to fake it till I made it. But all these other kids came from a more cinematographer or uh, uh, more um, like film background, things of that nature. And I came from a country school that didn't offer that. Right. I was just interested in it. <laughs> and I should have asked more questions during that time where at that time I ran versus sinking my teeth in and kind of, you know, getting better at my craft. Yeah. Uh, now I'm a little bit more secure with myself. I ask too many questions and I annoy people, <laughs> but I guess that's why I'm doing a podcast yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so. like, just to add to that, um, like, I wasn't so like, I guess this, this kind of led to some of my insecurities too. So like in school, you know, I did, I did good, good grades for the most part, you know, um, maybe it was like, in high school, I think I averaged was like a 3.3 GPA, 3.1 GPA. So I didn't get all A's or anything like that. But like when I went to undergrad, freshman year was cool because like you take a lot of gen eds. So I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, when it sets I, you up for the right, uh, the yeah. social life of it, right? <laughs> but when I started my physics program, like started taking this like sophomore classes, I had to retake the first class, mechanics and sound. And yeah, it's called mechanics and sound. Um, it's pretty much physics one. Okay. And it's calculus based. You use calculus. I had to retake that class because the lab section, I didn't do well in the lab section. Okay. I, my writing was not good. So I had to retake that class. So I took that class twice. The second class, this was electricity and light. This is actually the class where we learned this RLC circuit. Interesting. I had to take that class again because you needed, you needed a C or higher. And I got a C minus. Oh, man. So I was like that close. But I got a C minus. So I had to take that class again, um, but the second time I did really well. But that the my pro the pro when I was in a program I wasn't perfect. Like I was getting like D's on the, like D's on tests and like C's on exams. It was just, like stressed me out because like yeah I want to do well. I tried you know I put the time in a study. I had some like really really I had this one very very hard professor like probably one of the hardest I've ever had. Um, I give them a lot of respect. Um, because, you know, um, she, as a physicist, being a woman in the physics program is like a rarity. I think it's changing now. But, you know, and her time, which I think might have been like the 80s or 90s or so. But, you know, woman in the physics is not was not that common. So that must tell you how much she knows her stuff, right? Yeah. No. And I give because her, she was able to overcome all that. Yeah. And I give her like the utmost respect because, you know, that's that's awesome. Um, but she was a hard grader. <laughs> and, <laughs> she uh, made you earn it. Yeah, yeah, she really did. You had to earn it, and it just, it was, it was kind of tough. It was like hard. It was kind of hurt for me because, like, I wanted to do well, and like, it's just like I wasn't. It was just hard, you know. But so, kudos to you for having the persistence to kind of see it through. Because yeah. a lot of people would have been like, "Man, maybe this isn't meant for me. Oh, maybe man. I don't want to continue to do this. It's bad I, for I my mental thought, space." I have thought about switching. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you went from uh, engineering <laughs> physics to environmental science. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was actually like I did that because I wanted to go into energy space, like renewable energy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's still like applications from my physics background into that. Sure. But, yeah, just. Being in that kind of space where, like, you know, it's, you're, you don't, you don't, you don't trust yourself. You don't think you're smart enough to like actually do well in this class. And right. Like, honestly, like, growing up, I was always one of the only black kids in the classroom that had a lot to do with like my confidence and like you know fitting in kind of thing. Interesting. Um, but I think just through the years, I've been more comfortable with myself and not really caring about. Yep. So at Eastern, it's a it's a fairly diverse school. Yeah, fairly. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know the, the the demographic breakdown, but I I so remember my time there. U of M, U of M, yeah. Is it really? Yes. Um. So you were you one of? Did you feel like you were one of the only or few black kids in the program? Oh, I, I was. Oh, you were. Yeah. There was like at the time when I was going there, it might have been honestly maybe one or two other black students in the program. So. Help me understand then. What is that? So you said that impacted your competence too. Mm-hmm. How? How so? How, how does how does the race? And I, if you're not comfortable explaining, we can yeah. go somewhere else with it. But I'm just I'm I'm, I'm curious what, what you mean by that. Well, I think it, it was more that was more impactful for me in like, I'd say elementary and middle school. Okay. I think in undergrad I was comfortable with it because I grew up with it my whole life. Right. So, so you kind of already yeah. did the. So that wasn't really the issue. I think more. The issue for the confidence in undergrad in the physics department was just that, like, I'm learning all this material. Uh, it was really hard to understand. Sometimes. Yeah, because at that point, I, I always feel like at the college level, you know, race, all these other variables aside, um, you got to know the damn content, right? And the content makes truth or, you know, liars and, and truths of us all type things. So, because I know I struggled for a while, man. They put me in an astrology class. At eight o'clock in the morning and astrology or astronomy astrology what was it astrology no it was astronomy it's okay. yeah because we were in the uh we were in the bubble yeah, i had to go in there and i had to look at the stars and yeah, all that yeah. eight o'clock in the morning on a monday after yeah. trying to survive the weekend that's rough actually i had a physics class it was 8 a.m to eight fifty monday through friday yeah but you weren't in this 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 class where like the yeah. first thing you did when you came in was you had to take the seat put it all the way back that's look so, up at the dome you're in this black same, room i took a same class very Did similar you? to that and this guy he was a really the, uh, the teacher was very very sweet um very like a goal like go lucky kind of guy sure he was also like kind of soft-spoken sometimes so he had that very like put you to sleep voice. <laughs> that's what happened so, to mine already, like, so monotone i'm like i failed that class i was like i gotta do this again I'm like, I want to be TV, film, and radio. Why am right. I in astronomy class? Right, right. I need a science credit. But yeah, um, just to, just to add to the when you were talking about um, those factors of like um, being like the only black student in the sure. classroom. Um, for some, it can be challenging because you know some some professors. I think, uh, and this is just me from like my experience of what I hear people go speak through, freely, man. Yeah, people people go through a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, and some of it could be like home related stuff at the home. It could be things going around in the country, you know, it could be like you said, you had a show about George Floyd. Yep. And that, you know, that makes people, I mean, that impacts people. Right. And some, some professors are like kind of insensitive to that, I think, or they're just not aware that that can actually impact people in that kind of way. And I think, you know, as a professor, um, you know, of course, you know, your, your job is you're trying to teach material, you know, you're teaching, right. teach material. Right. Um, but I think it could speak a lot to a lot of students if um you come from that you come from an area of like you know just knowing that hey ever some people have different lives than me you know some people have gone through different things than i have gone so you know if you try to put you know put your uh put yourself in their shoes you know with respect to as much as you can you know sure yeah yeah yeah. we can't fully like live everyone's life never gonna be able to never be able to but if you can like empathize you know what i'm saying I think empathy is like huge. In the, I think it's a quality that I think everyone should have. You know? I wish it was so innate yeah. that people understood empathy for each other. It would go a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, I've had I do I've had professors who are very knowledgeable to that. Um, do you think? 
All right. Let's see if we can try to be fair here for a second. Yeah. If as fair as we can, because I, I didn't experience what you experienced. So I don't want to, I don't want to by any means try to undercut that. Do you think because of your subject matter, they felt like they could escape any type of social um, because they're so subject heavy versus like, you know, if you were more in a humanitarian type uh, of a degree, they, it it kind of forces you to speak on those topics. Do you, you. do you think they kind of hid behind that a little bit or do you think they were just insensitive because that's who they were? It could be both. It depends. You know what I'm saying? So like there are professors out there um, that, can be insensitive sure absolutely i've had a few <laughs> you know what i'm saying but there's also professors who are aware you know of those life-changing too that, that could be life-changing exactly. yeah and like um i think in the stem field it's it's like you said it's different because it's stem it doesn't focus that much on those things i think it should because in the past like you know like it's still people learning it yeah it's still people learning it and I think learning the history of it too, I think it's just as important as learning Interesting. the concepts you know that we learn now today. You know what I'm saying? So you ever shared this with them? I actually have not, because um, we we I guess from like my experience, right? It wasn't. Um, I guess it wasn't necessarily like brought up, or I didn't feel the need to bring it up, so to speak. Sure. But I do know that it's a. I do know it's a like a problem for some students. Or some others, students. others have expressed the same. Yes. I I, I would challenge you, mm-hmm. even now, three years removed, four years removed from that time period, mm-hmm. to go back and or to just send an email. If those if those same people are there, not even just the head yeah, of the program, and yeah. be like, um, you know, seeing it from another side now. I you know so and so. I'm just got my master's from Michigan. You know that gives you more credence and mm-hmm. you know more of a voice. Mm-hmm. And I I. I especially, especially, you know, having those thoughts, I, it, worst case scenario, it just falls flat, right? Yeah, actually, I'm glad you actually brought it up because I actually thought about this, specifically for my high school. So okay. I went to Gross Point South High School. It's a predominantly white high school. Um, I don't know that high school that well. That's uh, that's in Ann Arbor, Detroit? So Gross Point is a suburb of Detroit. Okay. It's literally right next to Detroit. Um, and then so actually a little context too. So I was born in Detroit and I lived in Detroit for, since I was born for Till middle school. Okay. And then I lived in Gross Point from middle school to high school. Then I went to Eastern. And then after Eastern, I came back to Detroit, lived there for a while. So, like, I've had, I've been, like, moving around a lot. But, like, all my family is in the city in Detroit. Um, my, my family still lives there currently now. work in Detroit. So, when people say where I'm from, I say Detroit, even though I have had. You, you know, got roots got in both roots, places. Yeah, roots yeah, yeah. Both yeah. places do have them some experience in Gross Point, too. So, yeah, going back to what you mentioned about that. I have thought about actually going back to Gross Point, and whether it's via email, to express my concerns about. I think I think because I mean I, I granted this is a long time ago, so I could be forgetting about some stuff. Sure, yeah. But I do think that um, we could learn more um, on like Black history, Native American history. Um, just it's a big more, topic right now. It is critical race theory. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and even like. Even that, like, I feel like a lot of people don't fully know what that means. I mean, I kind of don't fully know what that means. I've read it. It's all over the news, right? We we all know what it means now because yeah. it's all over the news. We're all experts, right? right. We're all experts. Yeah. But like, you know, um, I do think that I don't. I like. I don't think we should erase like black history. Like, I heard what's going on in Texas. They're trying to like 
they're, adjudicate. They want to ban. Yeah. They want to ban or like saying it's not a requirement for schools to teach like Martin Luther King, right? I'm like or the KKK. I'm like, we don't want to teach. Shouldn't we? that's like that's a <laughs> it's an overcorrection <laughs> of uh, it's 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 a. Uh, what's the word I want to look say here? It's a facade or fa- what's the word? Facade. facade. Thank you. <laughs> it's a facade um, to of uh, fixing a problem without even really having an idea of what the problem is. Yes, I agree. I and agree. and that's why, like, so I'll give you, I'll give you full transparency on me. So, like last year, I told you I started the Bobby Talks. Uh, podcast last year and the first episode was with a couple of my friends and we were discussing black lives matter movement we were discussing the george floyd murder um and just kind of the things that that transitioned from that and kind of the state of the country right and one of the biggest reasons why is because i knew that uh that i started the podcast is because i told you we were sitting there talking and we thought it'd be a, a good platform to share um just to show the world hey look we can have differences in tolerate we can also have a lot more in common and tolerate um but i i teach and i'm a school teacher and i teach leadership and i teach some other classes and um it, i teach an all-white school and it was important especially down here in the rural country right it was important that they knew where i stood on things yeah. it was important that they you know without shoving it in anybody's face because you're never going to teach anybody that way you're never going to teach a 14 15 16 year old student um, by telling them this is the way it is. You have to probe the mind. Yeah. You have to take any biases that they might have learned and open them up and have them dissect them themselves. Um, and I thought they did a really good job of that. But it was, uh, yeah, it, it's challenging though, man. I think you yeah. should go back and, yeah. and have those conversations. So I, actually when the, uh, that last summer, you know, there's a huge, a lot like, I mean, in my lifetime, and I think people said even their own lifetimes, people who were born in like the 60s and stuff, that they have never seen a movement as big as that when the George Floyd protests were yeah. last summer. Like, there was so much like uh, just... I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, such a push for like education and that um, protests literally everywhere. I was at two. I went to one in Downriver um, near Riverview, and then I was at another one actually in Gross Point. Oh, wow. And I actually spoke... Um, you the did? Protests. Yeah. The follower from high school spoke? Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> at the protests uh, about my experiences in Gross Point. And Interesting. That was the first place where I experienced like unwanted like, so, behavior. <laughs> this is where I would say I, I, I think it's you have to go back and tell them because it's important instead of ringing a bell and blaming a finger and saying that this was my experience if they don't know your experience, now granted, we can have the conversation of why didn't they know your experience, right? A little bit more self-awareness, a little yeah, bit, yeah, right? Yeah. But either way, the byproduct is, is that this happened to you, right? Mm-hmm. You need to give them the opportunity to do right by it mm-hmm. rather than shine the light on it. In my opinion, this is just my opinion because maybe they will do right by it. Maybe, maybe they won't, but then you can go on in your journey and say that, I presented this school with some of the challenges that we felt. They totally turned cheek to it, didn't want to hear it, and now you can on that pedestal. Um, I say that as somebody who's worked the administration side of a school, where if I was unaware of something, I'd love to know, and I would want to. I would want to change it because I have an all-inclusive nature. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean I make all the decisions, but I'd be. I would definitely have a voice at the table. So. 
I would go back and talk to him. Even if you, sounds like maybe you could change some, you know, lives of some kids that are there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, oh yeah, that, that, that is something that could be done. Uh, I feel like. Maybe they'll watch this. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe they will watch this. Uh, it has been, I feel like it hasn't brought up, but you know, I, I have to do more research on that and see like. How okay. Many times has that brought so up? I was speaking out of turn. I apologize. That's no, so okay. But like. I mean, like, because I haven't really, I haven't done, like, super extensive, like, research on this, you know what I'm saying? But, like, there's have been a lot of incidences at that school. Sure. Where, like, there was kids that, like, wrote the N-word, or, like, on their stomachs and stuff, you know? So, like, and then they've also had, like, a lot of, like, there's been a few suicides at the school, very, like, heavy stuff. And it's just, like, looking back. From, from the black culture? No, 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 like, just the students. Like, oh, gotcha. Okay. Like, the, the, like, the N-word was white students. And right. Suicides. I think they're also were white students, but just looking back right. after leaving the school and looking back, um, it's just like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, what happened? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, that is something I've thought about for sure about like going back and maybe giving back and maybe you know I, I've learned I've acquired all this knowledge you know going through my studies. How can I um, make the community a better better a better space for you know everyone or something like that? You know, I've thought about this. I think it's huge, yeah. and I wish you tremendous luck on your journey there, man. Yeah, thanks. Um, maybe you can present them the real love concept. Yeah. <laughs> no, we say that, but like you know, it's 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 really a deep album in the sense of like it's just not enough. Like we're not doing enough of spreading love with each other. I agree. I agree. And wh- why do you think that is? You know, I've I've because really I think we learn hate. Yeah. Would you agree with that? No, hate is definitely learned. So. Like, what do we do? <laughs> like, that's like, I guess that's like the million dollar question. Um, because I think it's unfair to just say things are bad because with the bad, mm-hmm. you just said it yourself, how big those protests were. Yeah. yeah. There's so much good out there, mm-hmm. but we're only ringing the bell about the bad. Now, don't get me wrong. We should absolutely be constantly fighting against the bad, but we also need to take time and appreciate that. Yes, America is this fickle animal but these protests were black white asian uh lgbqt the whole thing man i mean it's more it's that wouldn't have looked like that maybe in the 20s 100 years ago right right so there's progress yeah there's i think there's progress um being made um i do think there's like obstacles to that progress for sure um, at a lot of different levels of society, like you know, federal government, state governments, systematic, um, systematic, sure, individuals. You know, what I'm saying like there's always going to be some obstacles, but I do think um, you know sometimes it's gotta. I think we. I think if long as the passion is there, and the people in the right places, um, we can make that change, and we can be the change we wish to see in this world. Um, you know, coming from like from the environmental school, you know, sees. I mean, another obstacle that we're facing right now is like climate change. And um, I'm a firm believer of climate change, (laughs) Uh, 100%. And I think we are seeing the effects of climate change right now. I mean, Michigan had, or Detroit area had, it's like most rain in one single day, six inches of rain. Yeah, my buddy lives up in Troy. And he was like worried that it was coming to his front doorstep. Yeah, like... My mom's house was affected. My mom's my mom's um, house flooded in the basement. We had to throw some things out. Gross Point got hit really bad too. Um, what cities your mom live in? 
Or what suburb? She lives in Detroit. Oh, she lives in the city. Okay. In the city of Detroit. Yeah, she's always been. Um, well, when I was when we were in Gross Point, I was with my mom. Okay. So yeah, but now my mom's back in the city. My gotcha. Dad's in the city too. My dad's always been in the city. Um, but yeah, mom's basement got flooded. My grandma and my great aunt's house, their house got flooded. Um, like Detroit got hit, and we are going to expect more of that. And this is not just here. Like Germany, Western Europe, got hit really bad too with a lot of floods. So and then, I mean, even in the Pacific Northwest, it was like. It was just as hot up there than in Las Vegas. Right. Like, that's unheard of. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, my dad and I talk about this, but he thinks that we've already passed that tipping point, you know what I'm saying, of the, um, I think they were trying to, like, limit the, the warming of the earth by 1.5 degrees. Yeah. We passed that already, you know. And it's just unfortunate because the science is there, um, but, you know, there's people... Like I said, there's always going to be obstacles. Uh, obstacles are a good word. Yeah. We're, not only is the science, all right, we, we live in a time of disinformation right now, right? That's an obstacle. Yes. What is true? What is not true? Who's controlling the narrative um, influence? And whether or not, like uh, Donald Trump's book out right now, um, uh, what is it? It's entitled. You said Donald Trump has a book out, right? I believe he does. Okay. Let me. I don't want to speak out of turn. I do not like speaking in hyperbole on this show. So we're gonna do a little uh, half-ass internet research here, <laughs> if we can. Um, we're gonna go to. It's something like I can fix this on my own. Very narcissistic. Very Trump. You know, way of doing it. Um, but I don't want to speak. I just saw this the other day. Book. I could be wrong. Maybe he didn't write it. Maybe somebody wrote it for him. Um, I alone can fix it. Carol Lenning and Philip Rucker on their Trump bestseller. Okay, so these two wrote this. Uh, it, yeah, very interesting. Okay. Um, but that, that right there kind of goes to the point, though, of like that type of mentality. Nobody that is worthy of any accolades did it on their own science any nobel peace peace prize whatever they they did not do it on their own so why why does the influence think they can i mean because i i i talked to, i've talked openly about trump and i know a lot of people don't like to go there um my biggest thing with him is that obviously his approach to leadership is atrocious in my opinion but it's this narcissistic viewpoint of um, I'm the least racist person you've ever met. I'm the nicest person you've ever met. I'm blah, blah, blah. If you have to say that and tell people that, then you're not. You know what I mean? Um, but but truth is, is just by me saying that 30 seconds on this show, I might have just lost people listening to the show, which is fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. But that's the influence. That's the narrative that people like and you know, environmentalists are fighting against is that type of disinformation. Um, I don't know if there's a question in there, but what are your thoughts on just where we are right now as a, as a people? Well, I guess talking on the fighting back against that obstacle of yeah, disinformation. disinformation, that is, that's, I do think that's a major problem. I mean, we we're seeing that with even coronavirus. Mm -hmm. There's been so much like dis misinformation about that. And it's tough because, I mean, like, I think we're in, like, the golden age of social media right now. Um, oh, yeah, that goes with it, too. That goes with it, too. And it's tough because you get into, like, okay, you get into, like, free speech 
like what can people say, what people cannot say. You know what I'm saying? It's like a very like <laughs> we just did a show on this. Me and uh Professor Mike Neal over at Adrian College. Oh, nice. He was a broadcast journalism um professor and we, we came on and we talked a lot about uh the idea of the freedom. Mm -hmm. Do you as a person right. do you want the freedom mm -hmm. of misinformation? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Or do you want um truth i mean i that's a good question i think initially because I, in this country that yeah, yeah. contradicts itself sometimes we have the freedom to get out there and say coronavirus doesn't exist yeah, yeah. you get enough people to believe that mm -hmm. now you've altered truth yeah you've altered truth i mean <laughs> some people think this is a touchy subject but i mean even with like the election mm -hmm. i mean you know some people think the election was stolen right um good majority think it was a fair election <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing. Like, do we, do you want the misinformation or do you want truth? We so want like, freedom, but yeah. we want it to be correct. The information be correct, right? But yeah, then if, yeah. if the information is now being um, used as a pawn, mm -hmm. and, and this is, I will say this, to, def, to be completely fair, it's, it is infuriating when you, someone like Nancy Pelosi or the CDC, when they have been caught, not being fully truthful or fully representative the message that they claim to be on that side of that does hurt the cause yeah, you, know, I, I, and you understand yeah. so it's like now you're kind of caught defending and then you can't defend because they're doing the thing that you absolutely can't stand in the first place yeah. so you have to remove yourself from all parties altogether and kind of find yourself as an independent and that needs i think independents need a, a whole movement man I mean, I think we're in a very uh, interesting time right now, especially with you know with regards to that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I think it's a very like a very pivotal point sure. in our country, and uh, I don't know like you know I don't know what we need to do to fix it, um, <laughs> but it does require a lot of work, top to bottom. Um, maybe even like a transformation of how we view ourselves as Americans, you know, right. in this country, and it, it's going to take a lot of work. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna happen, and it's gonna take us sitting at the table with somebody that you don't necessarily agree with. Because I don't believe in shunning off conversation. Because even though you think, and I used, I was kind of flirting with this road for a while there. I was like, okay, you're saying batshit crazy stuff. You and I can't talk. Yes, there's that type of person, but then there's somebody who righteously believes that the coronavirus is a hoax or it was manipulated and set off or Fauci is crazy, even though he's represented Republican presidents and he's represented democratic presidents. So now he has been, but he's been listed as this liberal guy. All of a sudden it's like, this guy's been here for seven presidents. I mean, it's incredible how somebody like Fauci who has put his time in is now the villain in some people's eyes. Mm -hmm. um, again, you'd like to see him be 100% consistent along the way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a villain either. It's an interesting time. You're absolutely correct, man. Yeah. Absolutely correct. I didn't know if we were going to venture that long on those topics, but uh, it's... I was like, wow, we went from <laughs> music to here. Like, wow. But you know what? It's because the music represents love. We need yeah, more of it, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Here's what I want to do if you're willing to stick around, man. Yeah. We are at the end of the YouTube show, man. Uh, if time flies like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting here with the third son. Um, he's out of Detroit, out of Ann Arbor. He's got roots in those two places. He just made... 
uh, a really, really good um, album called The Real Love Concept. Multifaceted, educated, studied man, the whole thing. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you. I'd like to go another 10, 15 for our Spotify listeners, dive a little bit more back into the music, what yeah. you got going on, where we can catch you maybe, yeah. some of the live shows. Yeah. All right, YouTube, we'll see you guys on the road. So where can we find you, man? So I am on, I'm on Spotify. I'm okay. On music I'm on all streaming platforms. You can find me at the third son. That's my name. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram. The third son rises on those platforms, right? Once well, on the music platforms. Oh yeah. No, okay. I apologize. Yep. Yeah, music platforms. The third son. The third son. Yep. On Instagram, as you can see here, I am. It's uh, the third son rises. Yep. On my Facebook, third son rises as well. The third, the third son rises. Sorry. Um, Twitter is the only platform where it, it doesn't have the same name. It's just the third sunrise. Yeah. Because of you know, I can't have. I can't add. Extra You're just too long, man. It's just too long. long. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, you can find me on social media on all music platforms. Uh, I just released my full uh, debut full-length album, A Real Love Concept. That was released in February, February 13th. Um, just released my first um, full-length music video, a lyric video for We Out Here. Okay. Song on the album. And I have more um, visuals on the way for this project, so stay tuned. Have you talked with anybody about putting out a, a video, music video? Yes. So, okay. Yeah, like I'm working on a music video for one, another song um, on this album. Can we get a hint? Which one? You can. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. It's going to be uh, for Fly Away With Me. Okay. Music video for Fly Away With Me. Um, and I have another, uh, it's like a promo video for um, using It's Beautiful. So, so now, do people reach out to you and say, hey, I've got a concept for a great video. I th would you like to be a part of what I'm doing? Or do you, are you seeking out people that know what they're doing? Are you What, what, what yeah. route are you taking? So I usually seek out people that are like hey you're, you're this, building a brand yeah building a brand yeah i have an idea um i want to do a music video for this song i like your work let's, sure let's do it can we collaborate yeah, yeah. Can we collaborate and they be down you know um and then yeah like this concept like this is this this is the crazy part like this concept is so like fresh yeah like, i've listened to a lot of music and like you know i've i like to learn about a lot of different things and from as far as i know from what i've seen i've never seen a concept like this yeah and i'm just, just put it to, like put it humbly like it's like i think it's fresh it's new and i think it helps me stand out more as an artist and our, i think branding wise as a brand there you know dark red white black colors easily so i'm trying to like capitalize and like push that brand forward to, and try to help you know because i do believe that people can resonate with this concept and you know with me as a person with my music and like this music you know it's a mix of a lot of different genres like hip-hop there's like alternative hip-hop there's pop r&b um you know instrumentals kind of low. all of your inspirations kind of growing yeah, up yeah all my inspirations yeah, yeah. growing up into coalescing into an album and um now you've done live shows i have not but i will okay so now have you done live shows ever i have done live shows so okay i um i have because that's a different animal right yeah, yeah it is a different animal so i have like growing up i used to play in the church i used okay. to play drums a little bit growing up when i was a kid in church um in undergrad, I used to play piano um, for a church. It was New Life Church. I would play piano in the worship band. Um, I have done, like, performances. I've done, like, you know, like, skits or things like, you know, just, like, being on stage and, like, you know, like, acting or performing and stuff like that. I've done So that, that doesn't bother you? No. I think it, like, it didn't, but, like performing as an artist is a whole different beast when i'm like the main i'm like the main performing artist. your art yeah performing my art that's is a different, different yeah a different thing which i'm trying to i'm still trying to figure out all right how do i want to do this do i want to like 
do I need a DJ? Do I need to have a band? You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, with my equipment, I could technically like perform solo. Right. I just need to, but like perform, like you said, performing is a whole different. You need, you need energy. Yeah. You need, you need to have the energy. Like I have, you know, I have slow songs. I have fast songs, you know, which songs go first. So I'm still like figuring that out, but I do have shows coming up soon. Um, they're still in the works, so I can't like give up. Okay. Okay. Dates, but, um, whenever you get a man, just shoot him this way and I'll, and I'll throw it on that. Like performing is like the next chapter i could say okay as far as for this album so you're still you're still you're not quite there yet yeah but but, I'm gonna, I'm but you're constantly thinking about it right yeah, yeah i'm constantly thinking about it and i'm going to get there because it's something i need to do and i think the performing aspect is another thing that i think could set me apart you know what i'm saying from and like help me stand out oh yeah artists, you know yeah so yeah, I mean that's I'm gonna excited. be that's gonna be huge for you. Yeah, like uh, it's funny because I just got on TikTok and uh, <laughs> I as soon as you're on there, you're thinking, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> now I got to create content, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, there's so many things on TikTok that are just wrong, and right, right. then there's so many things on there that inspire me on a daily. Though, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, where, where do you, where do you find uh, whether it be TikTok or Instagram? Um, is I mean, social media is everything for trying to build that brand. How do you compete? Where do you where do you start? How do you how do you get your creative yeah. juices flowing? So I've been doing like for this album, I did a lot of like promo visuals to help promote the album. Um, and I think for me, one one is first of all just being myself. Yep. Like that's like one thing I've really tried to ingrain in my head. Like don't try to copy everybody. Yeah. Like, just be yourself. Be authentic. I think if you're worried about the end game of it. Yeah, then you're just you failed already you failed it's not yep. about the end game it's about the journey yep um that i've been st- ingraining that in my head a, a perfect movie that like sells that example or that that lesson i don't know if you've seen it but it's called soul are you a movie guy i am movie. I love, okay i love movies I've me too seen, i've seen a movie is you know disney pixar film soul yeah i haven't seen it but yeah i know you're talking very about good very good i should you should definitely watch it it really talks about that theme about you know in life some we have like maybe a dream or a passion and like there's this like one thing that we really want to do or really want to hit. And you know, it may be like, I want to be famous or I want to make a million dollars or I want to have my dream house. You know what I'm saying? And then you get, you get those things and you're just like, wow, empty, empty. It doesn't, it didn't feel like I thought I was going to feel that's because it's not about the end game. It's just, it's about the journey. Right. And I think, you know, me being an artist, it's not about, you know, making millions of dollars, selling out shows and like, you know, that kind of, it's just really, creating those relationships dude with my yes with my fans with my friends the people that i meet the people that i see the things that i learn you know what i'm saying that's the that's the most important part you're giving yourself an opportunity to build a community yeah. i talk about that yeah. all the time this is the number one reason i started this show yeah. all my closest friends moved to lansing or columbus or cleveland they're all over the map right or they got domesticated and have families I'm still, you know, in that middle ground right now. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a great way for me to meet third, come down from Detroit. You know what I mean? Next, when you have your first show, I'll be there. Nice. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's a networking thing, man. It's yeah. just, it's not just networking for like the soul of like getting better of something. It's not yeah. that. It's community where you're enriching relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's why like through this music, um, I think my music is helping know enriching those relationships with the listener for sure um having those conversations having that dialogue talking about things or like you know love is a very common thing that's been talked about but talking about it 
in a different paradigm, a different lens. Yeah. Viewing it from a different perspective, you know what I'm saying? And helping people, like, you know, see it in a different way. And I think that's powerful, you know. Where are you at with love? Where am I at with love? Let's get the Dr. Phil on you right now. Where are you at with love? I mean, do you have, you got a lady in your life? You got, I mean, you got, I mean, I don't know your sexual orientation, but like, where are you at with love, man? So currently single. Okay. Um, I have had, um, you know, a few serious relationships there. Um, but I think. Do they propel and inspire some of this, the subject matter here? Or is this something really separate altogether? Um, honestly, or is it hard to even. To be honest, like. I think the relationships that I've had, just like looking back on them, um, I think looking back on them, knowing what this concept is about, yeah, I'm. It's like holy moly, <laughs> I, I can see the application, you know, right there, like sure. And it's, I think, knowing having this in the back of my mind helps me approach relationships differently, more, you know. Approach him more with like an awareness yeah. of like, okay, make sure I pay attention to red flags. Or if I'm not, you know, if I'm not, if like, trust my intuition. Or yeah, your instincts. Myself, my instincts. Listen to myself. Be honest with yeah. myself. Sometimes a lot of people are not honest with themselves and they want things to work out. Or it may, and it may not even be the case. Like maybe we should break off. You know what I'm saying? Um, honesty is so crazy, isn't it? Because no, yeah. is, it's. Yeah. I, what I've found out in my 34 years of life is how incredibly easy it is to lie to ourselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And then how we believe the lie. Mm -hmm. And then you forget that it was a lie and you manifested it to be truth. Mm -hmm. And that's a fascinating yeah. story for another day. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I do definitely think that um, just like this album alone and just the learning from the experiences that I've had um, via relationships, uh, honesty and honesty, Honesty and this is huge communication. Yep, is like it's it's everything, man. It's everything. It's, <laughs> it's huge. But why must we fail so often, so early yeah. to learn that lesson? What is it that's it? You know what? I I, I asked this question, kind of knowing the answer because I am thirty four now. But I do a lot of talking with my students. You know, I teach at the high school level, and uh, all the time we're talking love. You know, you have to. We're human. It's the thing that, in my opinion, it's the thing that separates us from everything. That that experience, that that ability to be able to experience that, whether it be with another person, with a passion project, with an animal, right? We have the opportunity to experience love in our life. What an unbelievable gift. With that being said, we take advantage of that gift so often, especially early on, right? I think it's this idea of trying to understand what love really is versus attention lust versus love type thing, but we get so obsessed with the attention part of it that we sacrifice the love part of it. And then when you get older, you desperately seek the love part of it. Yeah. Um, and you would gladly, I guess, throw away the lust part, but the attention kind of goes away the more often you do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting, like, I guess yeah. paradigm is the word you used, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I think <laughs> You know, it's 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 definitely like getting too deep here, man. No, no, no. It's it's. I'm just trying to think about what, what you mentioned, but yeah, I think um, it's kind. Of, I've like read some books. I'm trying to read books on like um, having fulfilling relationships, sure, long term relationships. You know, how do you, you know, keep them fulfilling? Because um, you know, I do want to have a family someday. Yep. How old are you? 
I am 26. Okay. Yeah. You got plenty of time. Yeah, plenty yeah. of time. But yeah, I do want to have a family someday. I want to be a father. Um, I want to have kids. Um, and you want to be the best example of all those things. A yeah. father, yeah. a husband, yeah, husband. Yeah. friend, the whole thing. Yeah. And like, I mean, the idea of being a father sounds like really cool to me. Um, because, you know, I looked up to my dad. Um, and even, yeah, I look up to my dad. And um, I look up to my mom. And even though like... You know, it was, there has been some hardships, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think the things that they've taught me and passed down to me, I, you know, I hold, like, I really hold dear. Sure. And I want to be, you know, everybody's not perfect, and they know they're not perfect either, so they want the, be- what they pretty much do is they raise us, they help, they raise us to be better than they were. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're trying to, like, And that's the, that's the cycle. Yeah, that's the cycle. You've got to do that to your children. Yeah, yeah, so... Having a family is a like a, a life goal of mine. Sure. Um, I don't think anytime soon. I'll be <laughs> <the best. laughs> but I do want to have a family someday. It's, um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, third. Yeah. Man, this has been awesome for me. I don't know what a experience it was for you, buddy, but it was, it was great. I really appreciate you coming down. Um, I'm sitting here with the third son. Um, Bobby Talks, subscribe to the show. Um, Spotify, Apple, go there, find us, follow, follow, like, subscribe, go to, um, go to his, uh, uh, Instagram, yeah. check out all the stuff that he's got going on. I, I did check out your visual art or, um, what do they call that again? Lyric video. Lyric video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just the little snippet you put up. That was really cool. Thank you. Can't Thank wait you. to see more of that. Yeah. Um, you have any final words, anything that you want to share? Mm, um, yeah. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on social media. Um, I know a lot of artists in the city of Detroit too, local artists that are doing great things. Sweet. The city of Detroit is, is like booming with like creativity. It's awesome. Give me some of their names and, uh, maybe yeah. I can get them on the show. So I can start with some people that are on my album. So, um, Daniel Forlane. Okay. He's a rapper out of Detroit. He's been, I met him. We met in high school. We've been sharing music with each other for a long time, but he's, he's phenomenal. Um, he's released a lot of projects. Really? He's always releasing projects. He's constantly of, yeah, busy of, and working, huh? A lot of music out there. Yeah, Dangle Four Lane, Ronnie Alpha. Um, Ronnie Alpha was on We Out Here. Yep. Another really great rapper from the city of Detroit. Rose Thornberry, she was featured on RLC. Yeah, I, yep. Yep, we're actually working on, um, we're working on a project together. So we were trying to, I'm going to try to keep that low key. But we're working okay. on a project together. We have a visual coming out soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, Asaka the Renegade, really, really, really big artist. Um, I think he's based, I mean, he's all over the place. He does a lot of shows in Detroit. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure how to pronounce his name, so yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to bring it up. Yeah. But so Asaka. Asaka the Renegade. Okay. Yes, yeah. Um, he's done, he's been doing a lot of shows in Detroit. I met him at Eastern. He okay. Shows in Ipsy too. Um, and then, like, not even just like, you know, um, hip hop and RB, but I know, like, um, I know, like, this, uh, it's a duo. I think they do like alternative indie electronic music um, called Saez. Beautiful music. Okay. You know, there, I have a friend of mine who's in Chicago now, um, but we met an, um, an undergrad at Eastern. She's the she's in a band called Pink Squeeze Music. They're based in Chicago. They're like indie folk. I mean, that's that's my sweet spot right there. There you go. You should, you should check them out, they dude. Just, I will. I definitely. Just, I'll reach out. They just sold out their first show. Um, ever since COVID, you know, yeah, after yeah, COVID, they had a show in Chicago, sold it out easily. Yeah, I was like, wow. I, I had to call my friend. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. You're pursuing your dreams and you're pushing me to like, you know, um, it's inspiring. To, yeah, it's and that's how you know when you start. Like, I've got a couple other buddies that are doing podcasts that are actually starting to kill it a little bit. 
I'm genuinely happy for them. Yeah. It inspires to me. It's like a friendly competition that makes me want to do a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm genuinely happy. When I was younger, I might have been more jealous. But like, now it's like, dude, like you said, for your friend, you're just genuinely happy I'm for like it. I'm like genuinely happy for it. <clears throat> Seriously. Um, like, I left them a voicemail because it answered, but I like left some voicemail saying, like, yo, it's so happy to see you. It makes me so happy to see you being happy with dope individuals. Yes. And this was like, this was a dream that she wanted, like, for. You know, ever since she was a kid, was to play in a band with really cool individuals. Let alone sell out Chicago. Sell out a show, sell out your merch, like your sold out of merch and stuff. And like, it's just, I'm like, yes. <laughs> These are, those are goals. <laughs> goals, man, goals. Well, I'll tell you what, the third son, safe travels back home, man. Uh, thanks for listening. Podcast, uh, uh, Spotify, Apple listeners, uh, subscribe, do the whole thing. We'll see you guys on down the road, man. Appreciate it. Thanks cool. for having me. All right, man, we did it. Yeah, man, I thought we did good. <laughs>